Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Aaron with OB Insurance, and I'm going to have a link to OB directly, so check out the show notes for obinsurance.com. Aaron, really appreciate your time here today, and you have a particular interest in insurance, especially more on the smaller side, the single-family homes, and I know you can cover even higher than that, but I really appreciate your time as we talk all things insurance today. Thanks, Jack. It's great to be with you today. So, Aaron, I got to first start things off. I find there are like three particular occupations that people fall into. It's insurance, real estate industry, and a couple others. But more times than not, it's usually an accidental occupation. How did you find your way into insurance? By accident, Jack. Yeah, I never thought I'd be getting into insurance. Never thought I'd be getting into real estate, actually. The backstory here is my my brother and co-founder of Obi, his background was real estate private equity. So really, as the market started to, to decline in the early 2010s, after the retail apocalypse, his original office in retail moved over to multifamily, got that bug, and then ultimately put the bug in my ear as well. And one day on a really cold November day, actually at Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, him and I were, were complaining candidly about how challenging the insurance market is within this space. It's one of the largest line item expenses owners have, but the least amount of control and insight into it. At some point we, we stood there and said, Hey, why don't we, why don't we look at this? Why is nobody doing anything about it? Why am I still sending things in a fax machine? So that's the origin story. That's how we ended up falling into the, into the space and what we're doing now. Bob. It sounds like you're taking some steps to make this even easier with a new platform. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be really at its core. We wanted to make it as easy as somebody sitting in their underwear on their couch on a Saturday morning and buying insurance without having to talk to anybody. Now, of course, people are, are still there, especially at Obi, if you want to pick up the phone and do that. We wanted to build a product that felt as easy as you going out and getting car insurance or homeowner's insurance. And it's not something that, that really has come to the real estate investor class. And it was frustrating because I'd been sitting there with Ryan doing my car insurance one day and I could change the deductible levels. I could change some of the other coverages. But when we looked at our real estate portfolio, something that like we really cared about that P&L, if I wanted to make any changes for what the agent sent me, then they've got to make those changes themselves and go back out to the carrier and then wait for that carrier to actually get back to them with information. And so it wasn't the fault of the agent. It's just the, the way the market is set up. And so OB today really formed into a, an insurance technology company that digitized that underwriting process, that same spreadsheet that these actuaries and these underwriters are looking at when you send it to your agent, the agent sends it out to somebody else. We really just digitized that entire process so that way you can actually do it instantly. And then at the end, you can be that manager of your own destiny. You can make those changes and feel good about the price that you're actually seeing and, and the coverage that you're paying for. I see our insurance agent as a team member, just like anything else. How do you see that? And what kind of feedback do you typically provide a investor when they are looking at insurance? Yeah, your insurance agent really needs to become as, as close to you as your preferred lender, right? A really good real estate investor, you start building those relationships. And I think now more than ever, it's important to have a really good, strong relationship with somebody that really specializes in your space. And I think sometimes that gets lost. 
in this process. And it's a function of the fact that so many real estate investors get into this space by accident. They have that first starter home or that first condo. They don't want to sell it for whatever reason that might be. Maybe they're at a, a sub two and a half percent interest rate or sub three. And so they become a landlord. They turn it into a rental property. In that instance, they go to their local independent agent that might be doing their home and auto. And that's fine. There are certainly markets out there that, that they can go to. But it's important to make sure that that person that you're with and the insurance relationship that you're building is somebody that knows and understands this space because it's changing rapidly. And even in the last couple of weeks, you've had large major carriers pull out of California or pull out of the, the entire country for new business. Nationwide's a, a large provider of, of insurance to real estate investors, but they just decided that they're not going to be doing any more kind of commercial property type insurance for at least the foreseeable future. And so the market's hardening. And so you want somebody that knows and understands this space quite well. And that way they can be successful in finding you something that's not only really competitively priced, but something that really has the most amount of coverage. And then beyond that person, because they're earning your business, can be that advocate from a risk management perspective. So what are the things that you can do to actually limit the potential for having claims, especially in this market where you really don't want to have claims if you want to be able to find really good competitively priced coverage? You made a very good point. A lot of people, especially those first-time rental property owners, they may go to that person that they're familiar with, whether it's somebody that has their mortgage insurance or their car insurance or what have you. But what type of questions should they be asking to ensure that insurance agent actually knows about this product and what they should be, how it should be insured? That's a great question, Jack. I think the, the biggest thing is what portion and what percentage of your business are real estate investors, right? Uh, and there's nothing wrong with folks that are generalists, but you want somebody that does enough in this market where they know the carriers, they know the types of coverages, they know the lender requirements, right? Off the back of my mind and at a snap of a finger, I can tell you what Fannie and Freddie's requirements are. I can tell you what Arbor's requirements are or any of these other kind of DSCR dust lenders that exist out there. Right. And that's because this is all we do all day, every day. And so because of that, you want to know that somebody actually spends a good amount of time in this space. Because if you have somebody that's doing a lot of uh, life insurance or health insurance or maybe workers comp for business owners, there's nothing wrong with that. But then they know that market really well. And so you really want to get an understanding of what portion of somebody's book of business, the insurance business that they do on a day to day basis is dedicated to this space. Because even in insurance outside of OB, the traditional insurance market runs based on relationships, just like real estate does. And so the more that agent goes out to a specific carrier and a specific underwriter and is generating really good business for them, the more responsive that underwriter is going to be when you actually go out and try and negotiate really good prices and really good coverage. If you're only going out to that person, hey, maybe once a quarter or maybe once a month, you have a name on a piece of paper to some of these folks. And so you want somebody that's built up some of those relationships and really has a good, strong grasp of the market because then they can truly be that advocate for you as they go out the market. You've probably seen all kinds of situations then as people are moving to your platform and working with somebody that actually understands the real estate investing market. What are some of the biggest risks that you've seen that, that could have been mitigated? Right now, I would say one of the, the biggest things actually that, that keeps coming up, and your listeners will be familiar with this, but it's inflation costs. And so that's driving the price of the overall replacement cost of the property up substantially, right? As lumber prices go up, as other items continue to go up, as labor or mitigation from a claim goes up, 
then the overall price of the replacement cost of that property is also going to increase. And replacement cost is probably the largest driver of your overall insurance price. And so I think the place that a lot of people get caught off guard is everybody's trying to save some money. Everybody's trying to save on their T&L. And so they might only go out and get insurance that just covers the loan amount, right? A lot of lenders are okay with insurance as long as the amount that's covered is really just for the loan amount. And so that's what they bind at. And they save maybe a couple hundred dollars. But the problem is that in the unfortunate incident of a total loss, the lender is just going to say, hey, I own most of this property. Just cut me a check and we can all move on. We don't have to track the repairs. And if you've only you know, insured it to the loan amount, you're left with, unfortunately, a burned out building that you've got to try and sell to somebody at a discount because they've got to remediate that entire property. You're effectively selling land that's then even further depreciated because somebody's actually got to clean up the land before they build. And so there's things like that. There's opportunities where sometimes agents or sometimes customers don't actually look at that number. So that's one of the biggest drivers right now. I would say the other piece too that's more prevalent as well these days on the claim side is actually kitchen fires. So something that I didn't truly appreciate until OB continued to grow and we moved through the COVID world is working from home has become the norm, not the exception where it used to be 2019 and prior. And so that means we used to have people that were maybe running out the door grabbing a banana for breakfast and eating lunch out of the office and maybe going to a happy hour or picking up something on their way home. You now have people cooking on their stove one to three, maybe four times a day, most people. And so in those circumstances, the number of fire claims actually has exploded uh, exponentially over the last several years because people are working from home. And so there are steps that are really interesting technology that's grown over the last few years to start and, and address that. Even there's obviously everybody wants to have a fire extinguisher, but training tenants on how to use that, that's always difficult. There's fire blanket actually, that you can put underneath the sink, open it up, rip the pouch open, throw it over top of the stove, and it'll actually extinguish the fire, right? Or there are even these things, and also like hockey dogs that sit underneath the, the hood of a, of a vent for your, over top of your stove. And if it gets hot enough, based on the temperature of an actual live fire that's grown that high, then it'll actually disperse a powder that'll completely extinguish that. And so, yeah, you might have to replace a couple of cabinets. Maybe you got to replace the stove at that point. But you're not replacing the entire kitchen. You're not replacing the guy's place below you. You're not replacing the entire home. And so there's a lot of steps that people can take. And some of the things that you want to think about as you approach insurance as a landlord, both from a brand new landlord all the way up to the, the most experienced of, of clients that we have with thousands of units, you want to start thinking ways, especially in this market, of, of being smart about that. And how do you mitigate that overall risk uh, in the event that something does happen? Because one day, unfortunately, it will happen. And hopefully it's small, but you want to be protected in that case. You're paying for the coverage. You want to be able to make sure you're able to use it. I didn't even think of that, but you're absolutely right. More people are working from home now. And then on top of it, you now have these insurance providers holding back a little bit uh, on on this type of market and, and some of those insurance products. Are there any other trends that you're seeing in the market that everybody should be aware of? I would say your three most populous states are probably also your three most popular states to invest in, right? California, Texas, and Florida. Florida, as I'm sure if any of your listeners know or have looked at the market down there from a, an investment standpoint, it's exploded over the last couple of years. But the insurance market is in a really bad position. Most of these carriers are moving out of the space. There's a couple of legal concepts that have made it very easy for attorneys to, to file claims against insurance companies, regardless of whether there's a basis for it or, or not. The hurricanes, the weather, 
you have all of these properties that are practically seaside effectively. And you're seeing the same thing now in, in Texas with hail issues, California with fire. And so it's the one thing that I would recommend to folks, and this is me putting my real estate investor hat on, is always gut check the, the, the insurance number that's actually in the pro forma. Regardless of whether you're in a single unit property or you're buying a two or 300 unit apartment complex, you want to be able to gut check what you're seeing inside the offering memorandum, what's, you know, what you're seeing inside of the, the pro forma. And the reason being, and you want to be able to go out and get a, get an estimate. That's one thing that, that OB does a really good job at. Even at the LOI stage, I can give you a pretty good estimate about what that's going to look like. Again, spanning any type of apartment or single family rental. But you want to keep in mind the fact that owner might have that property across 10, 20, 30, 50 other properties. That might be the LLC that's, that really behind it is, is Blackstone. And so you don't know the type of buying power, the type of insurance experience that property has had before you're actually coming to it. And these days on a cap rate basis, saving $1,000 here, $1,000 there or more on these properties has a material impact, again, on the overall value of that asset. And so that's the biggest thing. And that, again, goes back to, I think, the original question that you posed is that you want to have a really good close working relationship with the right insurance agent and the right insurance broker, because they can tell you that looks a little bit off. Now, maybe that's, as we all know, sometimes that the Disneyland version of the broker throwing the, the OM together, but you really want to make sure that that's something that's based in facts before you go hard on cash and put down that LOI. So just to remind everybody, it is obinsurance.com to connect with Aaron and his team. And if you found any value in what you've heard so far, do us a quick favor and share it with one of your investing friends. So Aaron, I'm hoping you can somehow give us an example of how somebody might have moved to your platform or your insurance products or and how you were able to help and turn them around. Like you gave some examples where they could possibly save thousands of dollars in their insurance. That you're absolutely right. When you are dealing with a single family home and you might be getting two, three hundred dollars a month as a cash flow, what you're talking about is pretty significant. Yeah, I would say we we see folks get value out of OB in a couple of ways. The first is the speed in which you can gut check the price. Right. The price on the page is def- is is usually the price. And we did that intentionally. They didn't want to leave somebody hanging for a couple of days thinking, are they going to get back to me? Are they not? Is it still with quote unquote underwriting? They really want to do that. I wanted across the board to be able to take in some really good, important data points and then be able to generate that quote based on that information. And so I like to tell people sometimes we're a data company that actually sells insurance. And the reason being is that we look at a lot of these assets very differently. We put that real estate investor hat on. I'm not just asking for square footage in your built number of units. I'm looking at the, the loan products that you have and the type of cash flow you're looking for and what type of investor profile does that build for us? And so we see folks that are able to then come in, enter some pieces of information within a couple of minutes and then be get, able to get to the end. And that's probably the price that, that folks spend the most amount of time. They can check out right there with our recommendation on coverage, but people can get through our flow in probably 90 seconds if they want to. And then they get to the end and that's where they get to have a little bit of the magic. That's for the first time as we like to say here, we've put owners in the driver's seat to make that decision. If you want a thousand dollar deductible or a $2,500 deductible, you can make that choice. You're going to have a higher premium, but you've made that choice. And alternatively, you can also choose a $10,000 deductible. You can save on that cash then. And we have clients that, that do that. But then in the event of a claim, you made that decision, right? That, that wasn't a decision that was made for you. And I think that's the biggest feedback that we're getting out of clients is that 
the insurance experience that they have for the first time is something that they actually feel in control of. And so based on the DNL that they have, and that owner knows it better than anybody else, their lender, their insurance agent, their, their maintenance guy, they know the P&L better than anybody. And so because of that, we want to put them in control of being able to do that. So we've had a client that came to us with $1,000 deductibles over the course of probably 20 properties, came to the website, threw in the information, and then was able to actually spend a good probably 10 or 15 minutes adjusting a couple of things about their portfolio and ended up saving about 28% on the overall premium that they had. But the calculus that they did is they had enough properties and the savings was large enough that actually they moved to a $10,000 deductible because that made sense for them. And so that's the biggest piece that, that Ryan and I wanted to be able to do with this is allow you to make that decision, especially given where the market's at today. Insurance broadly is hard made. And so that's an important piece that we want to be able to give to people back into their hands. Is there a, an option for, you mentioned a portfolio where you could get a coverage for a portfolio versus the individual properties? Yeah, that's correct. So depending on the number of properties you have, the going through and doing it yourself isn't too onerous, right? You can get through there, especially people tend to invest in the same types of assets. So running through our process is, is pretty quick. But in the event you've got 5, 10, 50, 100, 200, 500, they can email myself. They can reach out directly to the team. We have a team that can actually just batch upload that to them on the back end. So it feels a little bit more insurance-like for them, but I do promise we'll actually turn that around a heck of a lot quicker. But that'll at least save them the number of clicks that they need to ultimately get through that. But yeah, we have clients that have anywhere from that single 500 square foot condo unit where they became an accidental landlord, all the way up to professionally managed funds with two, three, five, ten thousand 10,000 units. Okay. What type of information should somebody have on hand and ready before they start the process? So fortunately, we, we built OB in a way that, that really fundamentally only needs the address, right? We can get a lot of information just off of the address. And that's one thing that's always irked me a little bit about the space is that the square footage of the asset, right? The fact that carriers are still asking everybody that's listening for that information, that's crazy to me. All of that's publicly available. It exists. And we try not to ask too many questions that are out there. However, we do give people the option of adding that information in if they want to, because the closer I can get to accuracy based on what the owner knows themselves and they know that best, the better the price is going to be. And so from that's where that that's where we uh, can really ultimately shine. This niche, I'd be interested in asking you a couple of questions regarding building this platform, because I would have had to imagine that based on what you're talking about and all of the regulations you're dealing with, multiple states, this couldn't have been an easy task to achieve. No, we, Ryan and I joke with people that have we known the undertaking that we were getting ourselves into, we probably wouldn't have started the company to begin with. But it's been an exciting journey. We hired a really good chat team that, that knows and understands the space quite well. People that are experienced in the rental dwelling space and in the insurance space. What Ryan and I could bring was the mentality of a real estate investor. What do we care about? And what were the pain points? Nobody likes insurance. I don't like insurance. I hate that I have to renew my auto insurance every six months, right? And I'm in this space. And in that experience as my own end customer, what was the insurance experience that I wanted? And so I wanted it to be transparent. I wanted it to be fast. I wanted it to be something that I was a little bit in control of. And so because of that, I think Ryan and I are also pretty honest with ourselves that there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. There's stuff that we can do pretty well, but insurance, insurance wasn't something that we had a really strong grasp of. We built a really good high quality team behind us and then a, a really talented engineering group 
internally here that we've hired over the course of the years that have effectively digitized and programmatically created these underwriting tables to make it easy to achieve the vision and the dream that we ultimately had. The old saying is, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? What was your first bite to build this platform? The first bite was, was actually our, was our own properties, right? How do we do that? We started effectively as an insurance brokerage. We went out to the market. We went through the painstaking process of becoming an agent and experiencing what that would look like. Now, fortunately for all of your listeners, we do have very experienced people who, who work here. So it's not Ryan or I typically doing the quotes for anybody anymore. But that was the piece, right? It was, what are the carriers that would actually have an appetite for some real estate assets here in the Chicagoland area or in the Carolinas? Who would have the appetite for that? What did I have to fill out? What did I have to do to actually get there? And it was mind-blowing. I'm filling out PDFs. I'm filling out spreadsheets. In one case, people actively still offered their fax number to be able to send this information over to. And so we, we ate our own dog food for a really long time. And that was the first bite is recognizing just how painful that was for an agent to go through that process. And I, we felt for agents as well. We actually just recently opened up our product to allow independent insurance agents to sell the OB product. So all of your listeners, your agent can get an OB, an OB product at this point, an OB policy. Because we ultimately knew that the only person you were dealing with as a, as a real estate owner was the insurance agent. But they're at the, the whim of the carrier, but they get the brunt of the frustration from the owner, right? Why isn't my quote back yet? Why is the, the claim taking so long? And you're like, as an agent, you're like, I'm sorry, but I can't do anything about it. And so it was important to us to, to really understand the, the frustrations of that process. And that's, that's really the first bite that we took out of the elephant. So it, it sounds like you had to build a brand new team. And before I ask this question, did you and the other founder have any technology background to start things off? Yeah. So Ryan, in order to, in order to start the company, so Ryan was an, uh, an architect by training. So living inside of, living inside of Photoshop, he had lived inside of CAD drawings and everything else for a very long time. So the, the front end engineering development work came very naturally to him. He, he taught himself effectively how to code. And so the first version of Obi was really a lot of the work that he's done. Since then, we brought in really smart people. The, the company's up to 85 employees at this point. And a good, probably uh, 25 to 30% of them are all of our product and engineering folks, right? The people that really on a day-to-day basis make sure that what is effectively a digital insurance carrier and a digital quoting process, you make sure that it's always being updated and always available to the folks that are looking to get a quote. And what was your biggest challenge when developing this platform? The biggest challenge was actually convincing the insurance market to, to take a chance on us. So every insurance carrier that exists out there, it's not something I ever appreciated until I was in this space. They have their own insurance, right? You want to make sure that the really large incumbent carriers that exist out there, that they also don't go out of business. They need insurance for themselves. And so that, that was the biggest challenge was going out to these hundreds of year old companies that are like the Lloyds of London or the, the Munich Rees or Swiss Rees of the world and say, hey, we have a bit of a different way of how we want to achieve this. And so it took a lot of meetings. It took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. We finally found some folks that, that, that were willing to take a chance on us and willing to take a bet. And we very much appreciate that because we were untested. We were a theory, but we found somebody that was willing to grow with us. And so that was the biggest piece into doing this. We couldn't offer an insurance product until we knew that the company itself was protected as well. We needed somebody that was going to be able to also provide that level of protection to both OB and to our customers as well. Now that you've gone through that process, is there a 
strategy you or a different path you wished you would have taken now that in hindsight, it would have been a little easier? Yeah, I mean, hindsight, like I told you, is we didn't know just how big that elephant was, Jack, when we took that first bite. But we, we've had some advisors that, that have called Ryan and I cockroaches. And the reason being is we just didn't die. And I, and I think that's a, that's a good metaphor for anybody that's building a business, whether you're buying real estate assets or building a startup, building an insurance company. If you can continue to figure out a way of fighting through that and finding the avenues that are available to you and continue to effectively stay alive, or in the opposite way, continue to, to be the cockroach that anything can't kill, you get to a point where you start to feel a little bit uncomfortable uncom- with being uncomfortable and figuring out the challenges that are ahead of you. And so that was probably the biggest learnings coming out of a lot of the early days of Obi is you can figure it out, right? As long as you believe in yourself and you recognize that it is going to take a really long time to take bites out of that elephant, but you got to keep taking bites. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to be where you want to end up. Yeah, there's a lot of lessons to be had there. Again, it's Aaron at Obi and it's obinsurance.com. That is going to be a clickable link in the show notes. But Aaron, before I let you go, if you're ready, I have some rapid fire questions for you. Let's do it. What is a lie real estate investors tell themselves and others? Oh, right now, I might tell this to myself, that rates will go down. I think there's been a lot of talk recently that people think that they're going to go down or they're going to stabilize. We just don't know. But I don't think that, is, that has stopped a lot of us deal junkies from, from telling ourselves that and, and jumping into deals still. Next question is, you're not allowed to say rich dad, poor dad, or think and grow rich, but do you have a book recommendation for everybody or what are you reading right now? I like God, uh, never split the difference. Yeah, the, the name of the author actually escapes my mind. Respectively, a yes, yes, thank you. So that was an enjoyable book. I, I would recommend it to folks. That's on my top 10 list. And you can actually follow me on Twitter. And I just published that list again recently. Nice, perfect. What is one tool you can't live without, whether it's in your personal life or business? Ooh, one tool. At this point, Slack. The communication tool Slack, I, I don't think that we could run without it. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, get into the multifamily space sooner. Yeah, I, I agree with that one too. In under 60 seconds, I need you to give everybody a tip or trick that they can implement and, and take action on today. What would it be? I would say that if, if you're a real estate investor, I would, I would go out and, and, and look at something called a fire stop. Actually, I've got no interest in the company, but those are the hockey pucks that I talked about that actually disperse and stop a kitchen fire. Outside of weather related incidents that none of us can control, figure out a way of controlling the variables that are within your power. And so the, the company's called fire stop. They're really cheap. They last for six years. Again, I'm literally have no investment in this other than the fact that. It is a tragedy, both for somebody's own home or the real estate investment asset that they have when the place goes up in flames. And I think people don't fully appreciate that until they are one of the unlucky few where that happens. But I can tell your listeners that the, the mitigation steps of a fire stop or one of the fire blankets, it really does work. We have seen it work. Um, and so I cannot recommend that enough, especially in a property that you're not living in. Imagine your tenants and then imagine your tenants having a, uh, a stovetop fire do you trust them to know what to do? And if the answer isn't an immediate resounding yes, then figure out ways of making sure that you're going to be able to stop that fire without them having to intervene. Aaron, give you the last word. Is there a question or concept that you wished we would have covered here today? No, no, no. We covered a lot. This was, this was a lot of fun. We, we always enjoy talking to the real estate investors community about how to better protect their assets. One last time, head over to obinsurance.com. Those are going to be clickable links in the show notes, but really appreciate your time, Aaron. 
Thanks, Jack. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.